praise the name of the Lord. Glory. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. And Brother Josh Garza, we were beginning and we are, we have several of our young men that are going to be speaking and on Wednesday night as we typically do in January, February. And Brother Josh Garza was supposed to be speaking tonight, but probably many of you know uh, Sister Tracy, uh, his wife, uh, was bit on the hand, uh, I think Friday, by their cat, and it ended up um, getting uh, infected, and there was um, um, a, a lot of um, a fever in the hand, and, and real inflamed and hot, and they... Um, gave her a couple of rounds of antibiotics and it didn't stop it and so then they had to go to the hospital and they i think uh, saturday they went to the hospital and um, <clears throat> from there they kept her saturday night and then sunday night and then i think actually they kept her monday night i think as well so uh, uh, her hand was extremely um, infected and and um, and so he's been a caregiver, and he asked if he could um, punt tonight and not have to speak. And so you have to listen to me for a little bit. Sorry, that's the way it is. We, uh, I told him, obviously, uh, was welcome to uh, stay home and work with and take care of his wife, and I, I knew that that, that, um, that was important. I have been reading and just to kind of been reading in the New Testament and we have been praying and I thought tonight, well, I want to teach about a prayer that Paul um, prayed in writing. He wrote to the church at Colossa, um, the book of Colossians. Um, it was a city in what would be present-day Turkey, and it was a, uh, a powerful city. It was, you can read the history of Colossians, and you can understand that um, they were a, a, a town that were um, deeply in... Uh, embracing um, atheism or atheism, you can uh, you you can spell it with a T or just atheism. We normally say, but um, when you understand the meaning of that word, it means that they denied any deity at, at all. There were cities that worshipped Diana and worshipped other deities. There were a lot of towns that worshipped um, some uh, other deities, but uh, Colossian, Colossae was not a town that was uh, had a major deity that they rallied around. In fact, <clears throat> they were very philosophical and very much um, into the mind, and I can tell you what you need to do, and I can figure it out, and I'm in charge. And Paul um, went there, started a church, 
And of course, what's amazing about those uh, churches that he began, he did not often, uh, well, he was not often allowed to leave a minister that was seasoned or ordained or uh, whatever. He basically, uh, <clears throat> he was, uh, you know, he went there, preached, and he uh, then sent him back a letter. And it's not a, a long book, but it has a very powerful prayer in the first chapter. So it's only three, it's only four chapters, but they're short chapters, only four chapters long. And so you can read the book of Colossians, uh, although we have a Bible reading plan there that's going on. But I, I wanted to draw your attention to his prayer in the first chapter. But before I do that, just to kind of give you an idea about what all was happening in the city, uh, in that community, you read the second chapter and um, we have uh, the eighth verse where he, um, he, he says, Beware, watch out, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. So he knew that was going on in the town. There were philosophies. There, was, uh, there were all kinds of traditions after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. He goes on. In this second chapter, if you jump down to the 16th verse, he says, um, sort of on the other side, he said, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of in the new moon or in Sabbath days. Now, that's an important verse because that basically had reference to the Jews that would have been practicing there. So he was basically saying there are heathens or Greeks or Romans that have philosophy and they have, um, they are puffed up in what they know. And so they have that faction that's going on in the world. And then you have the Jews who are very concerned about the law. And that means what kind of meat you eat, what kind of, uh, uh, you know, when you drink, respect of a holy day or a new moon or Sabbath day. And, and um, you know, and they follow that strict. I, when we went to Israel and uh, we, we have uh, tried to stay in Jewish uh, hotels or, and it's always interesting because I know that when people haven't thought about it, um, they don't recognize um, that uh, in the morning they serve uh, dairy products, they serve cheeses, they serve butter, they serve uh, no bacon, but they serve uh, uh, like a, a, a turkey sausage or something, but they don't serve um, any, uh, they, they serve a plant-based bacon or something, or, but they don't serve meat because they serve dairy. And so they will serve eggs, but they don't serve, you won't have a strip of bacon or you won't have a slice of ham for breakfast. And in the evening, they serve meat and they serve potatoes and they serve, but they won't have butter 
or they won't have ice cream, or they won't have, but they'll have cheesecake in the morning, and they'll have ice cream in the morning, but they won't have ice cream in the evening. And so it's because of the milk and the meat. And uh, you can uh, go in the market, and uh, they can they grill a, a thing called uh, canefa, and, and it's made out of cheese, uh, or it's made out of a processed cheese because you have to wait six hours. So if it's too late in the day and you're fixing to eat your evening meal, then you get it out of processed cheese. Anyway, point of all of it is, and, and that goes back to a verse in the Bible where it says, don't uh, boil a, uh, a goat in their mother's milk. So they take that to mean milk and meat shouldn't mix. Now, you can say, that's foolish. Uh, I have bacon and eggs and I have butter. And Paul would say, you're right. No one should judge you in meat or drink or in respect of a holy day, meaning that, you know, well, this is Sabbath or this is uh, <coughs> Passover. So you can't do certain things or new moon or Sabbath day. So when somebody tells you, and I've had people tell me, well, you know, when you, you know, you got to understand you're not even going to church on Sabbath. And I tell them, you're right. I know that I'm going on the first day and it's day named after the sun. God, I got it. But guess what? That's the day the world gives us to worship. And we're going to do it on the first day because that's the day. If all of a sudden everything changes and they go, now we're going to, everybody's going to get off on Tuesday. Well, then we'll have Tuesday school. The day is not what's important. Amen. It's so we get together in the house of the Lord and worship. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, we are, uh, so he said, don't let anyone judge you. Go ahead, next verse, sorry. Uh, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Go ahead, verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. This is another thing that later was picked up and there are people that honor angels and I saw an angel and I've had, you know, I've had people say, you know, I, I was walking and I saw a little feather on the ground and I knew it was my angel and I'm not, I don't know whether it was your angel. I don't know if they have bird feathers or not, but I would tell you don't, you don't have to worship anything other than Jesus. You don't have to worship any saint. You don't have to worship any angel. And, you know, and then this, what they call, what he called voluntary humility. And that means like sort of becoming a monk and going away and hiding and saying, I'm going to not eat anything. I'm not going to touch anything. I am not going to, I am going to, you know, uh, I'm going to sleep on a, a board or not speak and, and um, <clears throat> you know, whatever. He said, that's not what's going to get you any more of God. And I know there are people that even in Israel that will go and take a cross and carry it down what they call the Via Dolorosa, 
And I've seen in also in, in Mexico where they crawl on their knees and voluntarily and they beat themselves with a whip. What are they doing? I am, I want you to know I am, I am, uh, you know, humbling myself. I am humbling myself. I want to tell you something. You, all of that doesn't gain points with God. You know? Be honest, be real, worship, praise, magnify God. You don't have to do that to get God's attention. I know, I've, I've had that. And he said, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. In other words, um, it's kind of like the old saying that I, I've seen people that are proud they're humble. You know what I'm saying? Look at me how humble I am. <clears throat> well, anyway, sorry. Verse 23, same chapter. I've got to get to the prayer. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom in, and he uses a phrase in the Greek of will worship. Of will worship. Meaning Paul was recognizing that by your willpower... But then you can become so proud of your willpower. I'm going to do this. I am going to do it. I don't care what I'm going to. I, I, I. And you've missed the point. Better to say, Lord, help me. Spirit's willing. Flesh is weak. I need your presence. I need your guidance today. Better to get up every morning saying, Lord, I need you again today. I need your presence today. I need your help today. He said, neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. In other words, our flesh will at any point, it likes to make itself, you know, in some sense, third chapter, let me, let me read a few more verses so that you will understand Colossians 3 and 5, where you will recognize that this was what was going on that Paul was talking about. That's why he said, mortify or kill your members which are on the earth. And he goes through some, some very powerful things, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Does that mean that Paul was saying you should, you, it doesn't matter how you live? No. People read some of those verses and say, Paul said, you know, don't, you don't have to worry about your willpower. Well, no, he said, go on, next verse. He said, kill those things because that's what brings the wrath of God on the children of disobedience. Next verse, he goes on to say, in which time you sometimes walk and yet you lived in that. Verse eight, he said, but now put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Whoa. Not only all those other things, but he said, you got to watch how you're feeling on the inside. I know nobody's gotten mad this holiday season. <clears throat> but 
Paul, it wasn't that Paul was saying, it doesn't matter how you live, doesn't matter how you do. He's very clear about that. But let me show you what he said to this church in the first chapter. We'll head back to the first chapter and just open up and uh, you'll see the prayer. And uh, I want you to uh, maybe read it or pray it a few times this week. Uh, while we are praying at home or at church or wherever. He uh, basically claimed authorship. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, how by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Now, immediately people can go, well, that's two gods, God and God the Father and Lord Jesus. But just keep reading. Paul is, is explaining some of these things to him. We give thanks. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, we heard of your faith. And then you know what else he said we heard of? The love that you have to all the saints. Now, I know <clears throat> um, we're living in 2023. We've finished 2022, and since the 70s, many of you don't remember anything going back before the 70s. But since the 70s, actually probably since the 60s, there was a movement in America that was free love and the hippies and, you know, <clears throat> what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Now, y'all probably never heard that song because you were raised in church. And there was all the love songs and all the wonderful love songs. And, and I understand. We understand and hear and recognize that word love. And yet, I would venture to say a hundred years ago, let's go 200 years ago just to be safe, people didn't talk about love that much. 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, 2,000 years ago, if your dad was a woodcutter, guess what you were? Woodcutter. If your father was a jeweler, you became a jeweler. Watchmaker. You know, the whole proverbial upstairs, downstairs. You were either born to the elite or you were born to the servants. And most families, most marriages were not because of love. That y'all didn't know that. But they were arranged. There was dowries involved. There was money involved. There was not this elusive of, but I don't love him. 
Doesn't matter. That's your husband. That's your wife. Okay? Now, I know we went through a time period which, you know, there were numerous affairs and whatever, and I'm not emotionally connected, and et cetera, et cetera, but this idea of love 2,000 years ago to the church at Colossae, he says, that's amazing to me how you have a love for all the saints. That's awesome. Because they were not, there was, it was not a culture that you didn't love your job, you didn't love what you did, you didn't love the government. Okay? Slaves were bought and sold. It didn't even matter what race you were. Indentured servants, prisoners were attacked to a chain to a ship. And yet, here this city, these people that have received the Holy Ghost, been baptized in Jesus' name, have started being kind to each other. They've started being loving to each other. And Paul is commending them on their connectivity to one another. Go on, because he's going to hit this again. Go ahead, verse 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Wow. Their hope, what is their hope? That one day they would, you know, make a million dollars. I hope I can retire early. I hope I can have enough money to have a good retirement place. I, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus. <laughs> he said, I've heard that you are loving one another and that your hope is sent, is situated in heaven. Wherefore ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. I know we could talk about the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, but he said, which is come unto you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you. So what he was saying is, when you get the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus working in you, it wants to produce fruit. Right? As it doth in you. And he goes on, and, and you say, well, you know, which is coming to you, brings forth fruit, as it doth also in you since the day you heard it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Go on. And you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, <clears throat> who also declared unto us your, what? Love in the Spirit. Now that's an important statement. He's now talked about their love <clears throat> on two different occasions. And <clears throat> what was it that Jesus said in John the 13th chapter and the 34th verse to a bunch of fishermen and people that were <clears throat> hard? And he said, a new commandment 
I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that you love one another. By this shall all men know you're my disciples if you have what? Love. The 15th chapter, Jesus said, <clears throat> 15 and verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And, and you can read in Galatians, the fifth chapter, where he talks about the work of the flesh, verse 16, where he talks about the work of the flesh is this, walk in the spirit, don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, go on. And the lust of the, and they fight the spirit and the flesh. Go on, next verse. And if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Verse 19, works are manifest. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, <clears throat> idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before I've told you in times past. They which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Verse 1. I don't like anybody. I'm mad at everybody. Everybody's an idiot. You need to get another baptism of the Spirit. There should be a little love. Huh? You say, well, you don't know what they did. No, but the Spirit covers a multitude of sins. Love. And it's joy and peace and long-suffering. All right. <clears throat> Gentleness, goodness, faith. You could go on and read those. Romans, the 12th chapter, Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, he said it like this, let love be without dissimulation. What is dissimul dissimulation? Hypocrisy. Without two-facedness. Oh, I love you. Yes, oh, I love you. Oh, I can't stand that person. You need to pray through. If you can't say it and mean it, just say, Lord bless you, I'm praying for you, until you pray through, till you can say, I love you. Huh? <clears throat> and I know not everybody calls everybody brother and sister, and I get all of that, and I'm not, I was raised doing that, and yet part of that was it reminds me, this is my family, this is my brother, this is my sister. This is somebody I need to be loving. Say, well, our, my brothers and sisters, I don't love them. Well, I understand, but I need to pray through here because Paul indicated that this church, he said, I've seen your love for one another. <clears throat> Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. First Peter, the first chapter, the 22nd verse. And there are numerous verses that I could have read here, but it says, Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned or non-faking love, overflowing 
full of love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart. What's that last word? Fervently. Say, well, I don't like anybody. Nobody likes me. Breakthrough. (laughs) Then, go back to the ninth verse. That you can be filled. Here was the prayer. Here's where the prayer starts. Lord, help. The introduction was too long. For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. What He is saying is, I don't want this to be... The Lord does not want you just to have blind faith. Uh, I don't know what the Lord wants, but I'm just going to do this and I don't have any... No, He wants you to know what He wants you to do. And you say, well, what if you have two things? Well, then... Pray, ask somebody, talk to somebody, try to figure it out. Somebody that's spiritual. The Lord is not asking you to walk into a blind alley not knowing what you're doing. I mean, I've had people say, well, I, I just, I didn't know what the Lord wanted. So I just, you know, bought a plane ticket and got on the plane, said, Lord, is this all right? And he didn't stop me. Well, Bless your heart. You should be able to figure it out. Lord, is this what you want? The Lord will answer. I I can prove this in Scripture. Welcome. What's happening? Good to have you neighbors here. We're here. We're fixing to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Huh? They let Abram know. God, over and over, the people of God knew what was going to happen. Prophets told them, you're going to go into captivity 430 years. Then you're going to come out. It wasn't like, oh Lord, I have no idea what's going to happen. You understand? And and what does that mean? That I know, that I knew in January of last year that we would have to go through things? No. But what I did know is that the Lord that was with us then is still with us. You understand? That I can figure out what His will is in spiritual understanding. Verse 10. So that was the first prayer. And I pray that when you pray, say, I pray, Lord, I pray that they will understand what your will is. I pray that, that whomever you're praying for, that they will get an understanding of what you need to do, what you're wanting to do in their life, that they will understand what your will is. And number two, that they might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing And, number three, that they might be what? Fruitful in every good work. And number four, that they would increase in the knowledge of God. Now, how does someone be fruitful? 
Does that mean that you win 40 souls? Be great. But has anybody ever seen a, a branch of an apple tree produce apples without the trunk? Or a branch produce grapes without the vine? Or tomato plants just start appearing without a, the plant? I planted strawberry plants and some wheat got in and got all their roots, killed every one of them. Guess what? There were no strawberries because there were no plants. Jesus himself said, John the 15th chapter, verses 4 and 5, remember? He told him very specifically, John 15, verses 4 and 5, he said, I am... Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except you what? Abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. Fifth verse. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You can have a strong willpower and you can grit your teeth, but you know what? You need the Lord and I need the Lord every day. You can't do it without Him. And that's, you will not be fruitful if you think you can do it without God. Oh, I can just do this by my willpower. No, you've got to be willing to say, Lord, I need you. Matthew, the fifth chapter and the 16th verse. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Is it easy to let your light shine? No. Titus, the second chapter and the seventh verse. We have a world that's full of darkness and full of anger and frustration. Titus 2, verse 7. He talked about, Paul wrote to Titus. And he said, in all things showing yourself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. In all things, a pattern of good works. Wow. That's hard to do, isn't it? Hard to do right when everybody's doing wrong. Hard to try to... But he says, Paul said, I pray that you will walk worthy, that you will be fruitful. Go back. Colossians, first chapter, 11th verse. Strengthened. I'm praying that you will be strengthened with all might. Oh, don't you want to pray that for everybody that's here tonight? Everybody that's in church, huh? We've had folks that have lost loved ones, that have gone through their own sickness. 
Lord, I pray you strengthen them with all might. How? According to his glorious power. I don't like the last part of this, although this is what Paul said. Unto all patience and long-suffering with what? Oh, Maybe we ought to start praying this for ourselves first before we try to pray for somebody else. Lord, keep them joyful. Keep them excited. Keep them loving when they're suffering long. Huh? When they're going through it week after week after week, let them have patience, Lord. Let them have long-suffering, Lord. Let them do it with joyfulness, Lord. Woo! It's a powerful prayer, isn't it? Let them be fruitful, Lord. Oh, Lord, let them be filled with knowledge, Lord. Let them have spiritual understanding. Let them know your will. Let them walk worthy. Let them be strengthened with all power, all might, according to his glorious power. You know what? His glorious power is the power to get up out of the grave after three days. That's pretty powerful. With all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Now, what's amazing is Paul probably wrote this from jail. Go ahead, next verse, 12th verse. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints, where? In light. Hath made us to be partakers of the inheritance. You remember what Paul said in Ephesians, that when you get the Holy Ghost, it's the earnest of our inheritance. Why? Because when the rapture takes place, we go to heaven, you're not going to need to talk in tongues anymore. Have the Holy Ghost. You'll, have, you'll be there. In His presence all the time. Speaking in a heavenly language here is just when, that's as close to heaven as we can get. We become, just for a moment, it feels like you're taken up into the third heaven you understand? When you're really getting a good touch of the Holy Ghost, boom, you're transported out of here. He said, we are partakers of the saints. Matthew, the 16th chapter, let me, the 13th through the 17th verses. Matthew 16, 13 through 17. Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He says, whom do men say that the Son of Man is? And they, some said, they, you are John the Baptist. Some say Elias. Others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but whom say you that I am? 
And Simon Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what was Jesus' response to that? Flesh and blood. Blessed are you, but flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. So you remember I told you that if you are really connecting with Him, He's going to let you know things. He said, My Father, which is in heaven, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, the third through the sixth verses. If our gospel be hid, to whom is it hid? Those that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. And the reason I bring this out is because I was teaching Monday night about the Jews and some of their not understanding, but it's as if they are blinded to the gospel. You understand? Go ahead, the, the, the next verse. <clears throat> All the way through the sixth verse. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves his servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What are you saying? We, we pray that, we, that the Lord, and, and my prayer for our community is, Lord, let people See the light. Let them have a revelation. Because you can, you can pound on your desk, you can show them in the Bible, but if the light doesn't dawn, it's like, I don't get it. And I've, I've, I've gone through Bible studies and people just sit there and I, all I can pray is let the light of the knowledge of the glory of God Shine on them. They realize before the coming of the Lord that they need you. Go back to Colossians, the first chapter. We're, uh, Colossians 1, verse, uh, let's see, 13, I think is where we left off. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Aren't you thankful for that? Translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through His blood. Not through any of our works, but it's because of His blood. Hebrews talks about without the shedding of blood. Romans talks about by His blood we are redeemed. I am so thankful that His blood washes, still washes. We have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Next verse, who, and then he, he explains who Jesus is. He's been talking about Jesus. He just talked about his blood. Go back 13, 14th verse. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Who is the his there? Through Jesus' blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. That's why we're buried in his name. For the remission and forgiveness of sins. Verse 15, who, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. 
the firstborn of every creature. Next verse. For by him. Now here's a Jew saying, I know my Bible, the Torah says, in the beginning God created the heaven and earth. But I'm telling you, it was Jesus. In him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, that are whether they're visible or invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Go on to the next verse. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. What are you saying? Paul was saying, I can tell you who Jesus is. He is the creator. What does that mean? He can do it again. Whatever you're facing, he can make money come out of a fish's mouth. He can... You say, well, why doesn't he totally heal this, do that? I, I'm here to tell you, go, go to Genesis 32. My time is up, 32 and verse 30. Then I'm going to read Titus 2.13, the last one. But it says, Jacob called the name of the place Penel, for he says, I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved and yet the Bible says no man has seen God at any time but Jesus is the firstborn the image of the invisible God Titus 2.13 here's what Paul told Titus looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, all one and the same. Not different people. It was all singular. I'm looking for his appearance. So when you pray for somebody this week, we have the prayer things in the back. Take one, pray. There are prayers you can pray, but pray, oh God, help them to go through what they're going through with all long-suffering and patience, with joyfulness. Help them, Lord, to be fruitful this year. Help them to have strength, be strengthened with might in the inner man. Oh God, you are able to make them somehow know your will. Let them know where they are. Let them know what you are doing. Help them to walk worthy. Help them, Lord, to be, you know, giving thanks to you for what you've done. Here was a group of people that were living in a town. It's probably very much like America. Most people are not sure whether there really is a God or not. And yet he was saying, I want, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And that's what we're doing this week. It's what we're doing these next 40 days of fire. Praying for people. Lord, let the light shine. Let them shine. Let it shine on them. And, and I'm going to just tell you, 
don't don't hesitate, you know, to um, say, Lord, let my children see the light. Let them see where this road is going to take them. Let them see what's going to happen. Let it dawn on them. Open it up for them. Why? Because, you know, the enemy's job is to keep them blind. So anything that moves them toward God, hallelujah. <clears throat> anyway, hallelujah. Let's stand. We're glad you're here. You can read this prayer in Colossians first chapter about 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, a few verses. He was praying for those people in the midst of a pretty bad bad place. So um, I appreciate we have several young men that are going to be speaking and I'm excited to hear. I think Brother Matt is next week. Is that right? Matt Calhoun. And so we're glad that all of you are in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> Don't forget Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Revival. I'm and believing somebody can get the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? I'm praying these young people are strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. They need all the Holy Ghost they can handle right now. They've got to stay full. You say, well, you know, don't forget last year we had the big scare in one of our schools in the county. And you've got kids that are trying to figure out is up, up, or is down, down, or who am I, and what am I, and where am I going? Oh, they need a lot of prayer. Need a lot of encouragement. So, <clears throat> do your best. To, uh, be here. Come by, even if you can't stay for the whole thing. Encourage. Pray for in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank